You are listening to the Riding Gravel Radio Ranch. Welcome to the Riding Gravel Radio Ranch. I'm Ben, and I will be your host today. No guitar, Ted. (laughs) I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Jim Cummins and Leland Danes of the Dirty Kanza, and we were all out at Sea Otter, got the chance to sit down in the Ergon booth, so thanks to Jeff Kirko for that. Uh, it was the unofficial recording studio for an episode. Uh, but we sat down, talked about the race, and all of the things they have going around it, from the kids or, or the high school race to the women's initiative to just some behind-the-scenes things going on in Dirty Kanza. And it was great. Uh, it's really good to sit down face-to-face and chat with them. But let's get to that. Uh, first, we're going to pay some bills and uh, thank a couple of our sponsors, which have been fantastic, and both Guitar Ted and I really appreciate it. So what you can do since you're getting this for free is go down to the show notes, click on the links, or click on any of the banner ads that you see throughout the website. Travel KS, they've been supporting us for a long time now, and we really appreciate it. So go to travelks.com, or like I said, click on the link in the show notes, because there also is a link to uh, a reference tool that has some trails uh, and some places to ride, and that is pretty popular. And Jensen USA, you need to go over to jensenusa.com. Uh, or there's, like I said, banner ads. Click on the right-hand side, deal of the day, click below, links, whatever it is, they're all over. So we really appreciate them. And since you're getting this for free, and we would really appreciate it if you would at least check out what they have going on. That's it. Let's get to the interview. It's uh, it's great, and I really appreciate their time. If you have any questions, comments, whatever you want, you can always send me, Ben, an email at ben at ridinggravel.com or Guitar Ted is guitarted at ridinggravel.com. Thank you, and enjoy this episode of the Riding Gravel Radio Ranch. All right, so this is Ben. I am uh, recording a special edition of the Riding Gravel Radio Ranch. On location at Sea Otter in the Ergon booth, so thanks to uh, Jeff and Karen over there. Uh, I'm with Jim Cummins and Leland Danes of the Dirty Kanza, and Jim has been a frequent voice all over the Riding Gravel website over the years, calling in on uh, Trans Iowa, and uh, he's been a good supporter of the site, and uh, so I, I really appreciate everything from the very beginning of Riding Gravel, so it's been good to oh, absolutely, Ben, yeah, yeah, meet you and know you and well, thank you for that, and uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to visit with yeah, us this morning. Absolutely. And Leland, you, I've never met you face-to-face. Like, we've known each other online for, this is, yeah. see, this is our generation, Jim. We, like, we know people <laughs> for five years before well, we actually well, uh, I'm not in your generation, is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Probably not. No. No. Um, but anyhow, yeah. so it's good to finally meet you. Absolutely. I appreciate, uh, appreciate the time to sit down and do this. Uh, so, Yeah. So, Dirty Can- so what year Dirty Cans are you in? Uh, we're going into year 13, believe it or not. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that uh, on one hand. On the other hand, yeah. it certainly does. Yeah. But, yeah, this is year 13. Okay. It's like having kids. It like is. You, you, yeah. you, um, you're like, the early years go by, you're like, oh, man, it's such a grind. And then you're like, 
Holy cow, it's 13 years later. What that, happened? That's right, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That means we've got a teenager on our hands. Yeah, yeah, we pretty much, yeah. concerned. It's the same growing pains, too. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it's not yeah. even growing pains. Well, it's growing pains. Sure. I mean, there's a lot to take into account. You guys are here yeah. this weekend checking out the expo for exactly. You know, to find out how you can learn things and do it for your own. Right. right. Yeah, we're getting real intentional. For the first year ever in 2018, we've opened the expo beyond just event sponsors. Um, yeah. You know, we, we started this three or four years ago, having an expo, yes. and it was event sponsors only. And uh, we wanted the DK weekend at large to be much, much more than that and uh, much more than just the race itself. And so mm-hmm. the expo is growing this year. Um, it's open to vendors, and we're sold out on that for this year. But it, that means it's also open to the public, and we really want to encourage people to come out this year, even if you're not riding, if you're not supporting. Um, Emporia, Kansas, the first weekend in June is where you want to be. There's going to be a lot of great vendors there. Yeah. So what do you think about, before we get into Dirty Kansas, what do you think about Sea Otter so far? Sea Otter is a bit overwhelming. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. huge. Yeah, I knew it was going to be big, but I had no idea it was going to be this big. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, we were just talking beforehand versus, you know, something like Interbike. Interbike's good because it's a collection of all the people. You can go through and meet all your people and do your thing. It's nothing right. like this. Right. Like, I I had, I mean, you, you run through a list of vendors, and I was like, wow, that's really cool, whatever. And then you get here and you realize, wow, it's all just consumers walking around, talking to people. Right, yeah. I mean, well, and I think that's uh, the two big differences I see is, you know, Interbike obviously is indoors. Sea Otter is outdoors. Uh, Interbike is more uh, industry-focused. Sea Otter is more consumer-focused. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this this is... Uh, more real, more grassroots, grassroots feel. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's a special place. We're yeah. enjoying our time here. This is, uh, you ever going to grow your thing this big? <laughs> this, <laughs> we we never gonna, thought Dirty. You have to have a whole other team for that. We didn't the, think Dirty Kansas would be what it is today, yeah. so I, I don't think we can never say yeah, never. never. Say never. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a little hard to perceive that yeah. to where we are today. Yeah. To well, Another thing on Sea Otter, you know, it's vendors here showcasing products, but Sea Otter at large is an experience and it's about creating experiences yeah. more so than Interbike. And I yep. think, um, that's it's what we're trying to races, capture. Right. Right. All kinds of different things so it's, that. it's a lot of fun to walk around and look at the cool gadgets and that's fantastic, but you're also spectating events and there's kids yeah. stuff going on. And that was the other thing I noticed yesterday when I walked in, cause in my head, I was at Otterbike a couple weeks ago, and it's like, you know, it's like everyone my age. I'm, like, very comfortable there because it's, it's me times 400 people. It's yeah. all the same. Here, there's fan, like, it's just the, there's, like, kids riding around on bikes everywhere. Yeah. I had no idea. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that way. So what have you learned, like, any tips or things you learned to pick up on for on the first day that, uh, <laughs> well, that you could take back to your yeah Leela and i are kind of laughing at one another because you know everyone else is here to look at all the cool bike stuff and we're here as event promoters looking at uh, the logistics of putting on a, a huge huge yeah. uh, event like this and yeah. yeah we're looking at how do they park cars and where do they put their Signage. trash cans and where do they put their restrooms and yeah. you know how do they run power to the you know yeah. that, that, those are the kinds of things that we're looking at and trying to, to learn and and uh, be able to take back to emporia as we try to uh, grow our event but uh, uh, in the midst of all that we're still finding time to look at all the cool bike stuff yeah. too yeah. But, uh, have you ever did you ever think you'd be here doing this 
No, no, no. I mean, no, we no. talked a long time. What were you in, like, some manufacturing? Uh, some I was in manufacturing for 30 years, yeah. more specifically a packaging engineer. Yeah. And so I was designing packaging for candy. And, yeah, uh, uh, yeah never thought that I'd be uh, working in the bike industry full time. So it's, it's been been a fun ride. Yeah. And now you're here, clear blue sky, 55 degrees. Living the life. It's living the life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what do you, like... You ever th- what did you do before? Well, this is my you second said, uh, training system. Yeah, this right? is my second go around in the cycling industry. I did a few years at Carmichael Training Systems, uh, doing their bucket list events prior to coming home to Emporia to do Dirty Kansas. Okay. Um, but before that, uh, yeah, I did not see myself in the cycling industry. I um, was a bike rider. I enjoyed racing mountain bikes, riding mountain bikes, but I never envisioned this, especially not uh, creating this with good friends in my hometown. I tried very hard to escape Emporia and never for a million in a million years thought it'd be returning there to create, <laughs> yeah. help create yeah. um, what Dirty Kansas is today and where it's continuing to go. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that situation because we last year we moved to Hayward, Wisconsin. And if for anybody that's out there listening, Hayward, Wisconsin is where the Schwamigan Fat Tire 40 yeah. starts. It's one of the biggest races in the country. And to have that. When we started looking around and doing all that stuff, I never, we wanted to get back to Wisconsin. That's where we're from. And then to realize, like, you have one of the biggest mountain bike races a mile down the street from where we live, like, you don't want to leave. Yeah. It's, right. it's like a, you know, you're, you're really involved in the community. Like, your mind is like, what's best for, like, making the community a better yeah. thing? So it's right. a weird thing. Like, you would try to escape and then you come back and you're like, a totally different mindset. Right. So it's a, and for those that aren't in the know or haven't been to Emporia um, to see the changes, I mean, Emporia is a, an entirely different town. It's in a different community. I mean, we've got nearly 400 participants across all our distances mm-hmm. from with a, a 30 to 40 mile radius of Emporia. And so that means oh, really? dirty. And, and 10 years ago, there wouldn't have been 10 uh, that would sign up for something like this. So right. it's changing uh, the lifestyle of the people there. It's changing the commerce. It's changing uh, the charities. Um, that exist today, the scholarships that exist today. So it's been a colossal change. It's not just about affecting the cycling industry. It is affecting our home in the most positive way we could have ever imagined. Yeah. How big is, how big is Emporia? It's about 25,000. Okay. And there's a school. Uh, and Emporia State school? University is there. And Leland, uh, any idea on the? About six or 7,000. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so a so, small D2 school. Okay. So it was a pretty good base of people. Like, yeah. What I'm trying to get at is the, you can't just grow an event off of nothing like there was a good right. there had to be like a good base infrastructure just in general we got really and lucky emporia is a perfect size town okay. to support uh, an event like dirty kansas it's big enough to have everything that we needed it's small enough to where import or a dirty kansas made a significant impact right. to the community so right. yeah it was it's somewhat of a perfect storm you might say yeah all right so let's uh let's talk about this year because you have some new things going on. the kids kids race the DKXL, how many people, how many was the original? It's like 36. Yeah. Um, when we introduced uh, DKXL for 2018, um, uh, we uh, uh, originally thought we were going to have about 24 people in it. It's just a pilot year. We're just piloting the event in 2018. And uh, we originally uh, thought we'd have about two, two dozen uh, invitees to participate in it. Uh, then as we thought about it more, we thought, Hey, there were 34 riders in the very first dirty Kansas in 2006. Uh, how fitting would it be to have the same number of participants yeah. uh, in the inaugural DKXL? So, yep. uh, we have 34 people that we've hand selected, 
to help us pilot the event in 2018. Okay. And then uh, they'll provide us feedback uh, afterwards, and uh, we'll take that feedback and, and then decide what DKXL is going to become yeah. in so 19 what is, and beyond. what is DKXL? So, so DKXL is, is yeah. Dirty Kansas are Extra Large. Uh, it's uh, three hundred. Is that big enough? To be, the long yeah, race 200, is big enough. Two hundred miles is not enough. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, DKXL is three hundred and fifty miles. Uh, a uh, fully uh, rider self-supported event. Uh, they're required to have uh, someone to call in case of emergency. Um, but other than that, they're on their own. When they leave the starting line, uh, they're totally on their own. Uh, to get themselves through the course and back to the finish line. Does uh, that start at the same time the regular does? Uh, the no. Uh, what we did is we've always used uh, 10 mile an hour uh, average as our cutoff times for our checkpoints. Okay. Uh, so we took uh, uh, the uh, cutoff time for the finish uh, for the 200 mile, mm-hmm. which is 3 a.m. Sunday morning. And uh, <laughs> we just backed up 35 hours. Okay. And that put us at 4 o'clock Friday afternoon. And we thought to ourselves, well, hey, that's right smack in the middle of our expo. Mm-hmm. So let's just have the DKXL riders uh, leave from the heart of the expo yeah. Friday afternoon. They'll get, they'll get a good send-off. So yeah. they'll get a real – that's that's part of the uh, the format is they'll get a huge send-off. They'll have Kicks literally the thousands yeah. of people see, uh, cheering them as, as they leave the starting line. Yeah. And they'll ride uh, into the night, uh, all through the night, Friday night, and into Sunday saturday morning and then they'll uh, hopefully uh, finish uh, saturday evening what do you think uh fastest time is going to be for this first one well uh we're kind of taking internal bets on if 24 hours will get bested <laughs> okay. or not i mean it, obviously it's the first year so we don't have any benchmarks but 24 hours seems to be an appropriate benchmark to yeah. be laid down and, and so obviously for people that know gravel it's completely dependent upon what the conditions the weather right. conditions are going to give them and the road conditions so um in good years people can fly we had 400 people beat the sun last year in the 200 um some, the year before that we had about 85 so the course didn't change drastically other than one year was soupy mud and the next year was flying fast and hard packed yeah. so i think that'll have some bearing on it whatever the wind and heat are doing um, but 24 hours, I think, will be a bit of a gold standard for our, our leader. Uh, and then, like Jim said, 35 hours uh, is the number we're trying to beat. So yeah. to get in under the finish line and be an official finisher. Any internal bets of who's going who's gonna to win? Well, we've can got you, some. Can you list a, a bunch yeah, of people? Of course, off? of course. Okay. Um, I think uh, so. Jay Peter Vary is going to be there, but him and his wife Tracy are kicking around riding that on the tandem, and so uh, that kind is of disqualifies Italy or something too. Like next week, when- uh, probably he's done the Italy divide. I know he's helped kind of pioneer that for him over there. Yeah, so, so I wouldn't be shocked if he's going back over there. Um, but of course, uh, four-time King of Kansas Dan Hughes will be riding in it, um, and his. Uh, uh, the the Godzilla to his Mothra, Yuri Hoswald will be riding in it as well. Hey, so here yeah, those two are amazing characters. They're great friends. We love seeing their little rivalry, and so they'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, at the end Dan, of the day, Dan won Trans Iowa. Was it? Yeah, he's year? he's won Trans Iowa, DK four times, and Gravel Worlds. The only person to. Yeah. Knock off all three of those, not in the same year, but now he's got to go with DKXL. And now he's got to yeah. try for the XL. And of course, we have to mention Rebecca Rush. She'll sure, be, she'll be doing it, and okay. she's got to be a very strong contender oh, for yeah. the overall. She might, yeah, she might beat them all. Yeah, she'll show the men how it's done. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So you got yeah. those. Anybody else? Who else? We. Uh... 
Well, we've got a whole list, you know, and when yeah. we hand selected the 34, we didn't, we didn't go out and try to find the 34 fastest badasses mm-hmm. right. we could find. And we, we were looking for Bobby, a nice cross section. Yeah. Uh, Bobby yeah. Wintle's riding it. His wife, Crystal, is riding. Uh, we've got, uh, the, the Omer brothers, uh, Scott and Sean from Emporia. Uh, we have Ryan Balkenhall from Emporia. Uh, Lynn Bluebaugh, uh, a, a local rider out of Madison, Kansas, is in it. Uh, Nick and Kristen Legan are both uh, riding. Um, several uh, real uh, strong riders from Salsa, uh, Joe Miser, um, Sean Malin. Um, and Matt Gersib's in there. Matt Gersib is going to be in it. Matt is a multi-time DK finisher and and uh, uh, Trans Iowa finisher. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's he hard. Contributes to, every once in a while around the gravel. It's too, hard, so. it's fun to have the conversation of on paper, but it's uh, when you're talking 350 miles. Know, you know I'm how just, Trans Iowa goes. I, I know, it's I'm just anything could happen. I know it, any it, given day. I know it's, it's fun exciting. People yeah. talk about it and like for sure. At the end of the day, like you said, it could be you know, it could be Crystal. It could be Rebecca. For it sure. could be, like, yeah. Matt. You know, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, who knows? It gets muddy, whatever. People's stuff blows up. That's who right. Who knows what yeah. happens? Yeah. That's so right. We, for that kind of event, um, are they just going to be, you think they're going to be riding just straight up gravel bikes, or are we going to be talking, like, some beefier type of setups? Well, our, that's know, a pretty rough 300 whatever sure. miles. I mean, on I, that kind of stuff. We've already seen both Yuri and Bobby's setups, so we know, you know, Yuri's going to be on a Scott gravel, what I would call a race rig, if okay. you will, a little bit more aggressive. Okay, so he's, um, yeah, he's going for yeah, it. Yeah, versus Bobby, who's riding a, a salsa cutthroat, yep. which is not a slow bike by any stretch, but over the course of 350 miles, it'll be a lot more comfortable, and comfort is speed. I mean, yeah. Bobby did the divide on that yes. cutthroat yep um so that's what it's built to do yep yeah so kids race what uh what's going on with that how did that all start yeah you- uh well when i came back uh, to emporia going on five years now this spring um i told jim obviously they were bringing me back to help grow dirty kanza but i told him i had two personal missions one to um see that the flint hills would be recognized as a top 10 travel cycling destination within north america when you're talking about you know colorado and the mountains in california i thought the flint hills could be in that conversation of it's a place hard to, to beat the mountains though because you show a picture of the sure. mountains and people just start drooling and they have sure to, do you see so I want to back up on that before we talk about the kids a little bit with the, cause that's a good point. Starting at making a destination. Do you get this sense? Because this was my sense is I lived in Denver. I lived in Northern Wisconsin. I lived in Williston, North Dakota. Uh, so the Badlands, the Matahe trail. And it, it's one thing to show, like I said, with, uh, you show a picture of the mountains, people drool and they're sold. And right. you show them a picture of, the woods in northern wisconsin and they're like yeah great it's a trail looks cool whatever so it's something where you have to get them there to then yeah, yeah i'm coming back so the Matahe was really really like that nick yeah ybarra you know for him to show people it's really hard but then once they come there they're blown away and they come back with three friends next right. year do you find it's kind of like that well that's how it started with us yeah you know i think before dirty kansas was a popular thing it was a lot of convincing to get people. Reba, you know, Rebecca Rush will tell you it was pulling teeth to get her out there. And Dan Hughes was pretty. Well, look where she's coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's for sure. Mountains, right? And so people have this uh, preconceived notion of what Kansas is. Um, and the Flint Hills are are not well known across the country. Um, but when you think, when you stop and think about why someone wants to go to the mountains to ride, they want beautiful views. Um, they want uh, some remote wilderness. They don't want to be uh, encumbered by traffic, both foot, other bikes, or vehicles. And uh, Kansas has all of that. 
you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but it is gorgeous out there. It is remote. It's rugged. It's pioneer country. I think there's an attraction to being out there with no cars, no people. You're not sharing the trail with other bikes. I mean, you're out in the wide open. I love going to Colorado, but you're sharing that trail with a bunch of trail users. And so Kansas doesn't have that. You've got wide open roads that are remote, rugged, and uh, fun to explore, um, and free of traffic. So I think that's the attraction, and that's why people are coming back and will start to see this as somewhere they can go just to ride bikes any weekend of the year. Okay. All right, so kids race. You, yeah, so, so you came back, you're trying to get right, right, and so the the second part of that was uh, getting more kids on bikes. You know, I've known we've. I think everyone understands kids are always kids, the right? future. Do you have kids? Got one now, oh, six yeah, weeks right. old. Yep. Yeah. Oh, six weeks old. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And so, if kids are the future, what are we doing to inspire that? Uh, the always the next generation to ride because kids today are not riding bikes and if we've got 400 people just in emporia area 400 adults that are now committed to registering for an event like dirty kansas regardless of the distance yeah. um, those kids are now seeing that as the new norm and so we saw this as a time to capitalize and we needed an event distance for our high schoolers um, and so that's a 30 mile course a competitive race you know the 200 mile is technically the only race dk weekend the rest are fun rides that yep. are meant to be stepping stones so now the high school race is a competitive class as well their own distance Um, but that was started not only to give those high schoolers an outlet to race and compete on gravel um, but to fund our dirty kansas youth cycling fund which we aim to create a kansas state high school cycling league with nica so that's really the end result there okay and that we want a platform and and a community for those youth to feel like they belong and are involved in gravel riding yeah what's been the opinion so far you got a lot of people signed up or what's the chatter been around yeah so the chatter is fantastic but the kids aren't coming like we thought they would uh thus far we've got about 15 signed up and uh, we're not deterred though we've just understand that we've got a little bit more work in the midwest um you know it's not like california or minnesota and wisconsin where that is the norm it's not the norm in kansas or missouri or uh, nebraska and iowa and so we've got a little work uh, cut out for us to uh get these kids inspired to come out and ride bikes and show them that this is something they should be doing yeah when you were a kid what did you guys have for racing? Uh, actually, uh, <laughs> I grew I grew up uh, twisting throttles, so yeah. I was I, I grew up as a motocrosser and a hair scrambler. So, gotcha. uh, but I, that that not very typical. All, all of my yeah. friends in school were, you know, playing football and basketball mm-hmm. and running track and yeah. playing baseball in the summer. And yeah. while they were playing baseball, I was fortunate enough to my dad was taking me to That's motocross cool. races. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, it's just the difference in well, even in our lifetimes, the, the difference in just bikes kids wise you look around and look at the nike league yeah oh yeah yeah Seventeen thousand kids yeah we were uh, we were at the goo booth yesterday afternoon for uh uh, yeah 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 they're big tonight well and that's my point so so after we got done with with uh uh the program that we were doing there at the goo booth uh next up was uh, Nike and you know this this group of about three or four dozen high school kids you know comes up on their bikes and they're all kitted out in their team colors and it was pretty cool. To, it was an amazing yeah. sight. Made, made me a little envious that I didn't have that when I was in high school. Yeah, yeah. no, I know. So then, so so you, how are you going to attack that then? So how do you get? How do you change that? You just go through, get what you can to come out this year, and then yeah. kind of just help them spread the Well, we're going to give, regardless of how many kids we have this year, we're going to give them a professional experience like we always do. So I'm excited about that. The number of kids doesn't, 
I mean, yeah, we wish it would have been more because we want yeah. to affect more kids. But And it makes it easier for the next year, too. I sure, mean. sure. But they're going to have a great time. Um, but more than anything, I think we are understanding now that we've got to uh, target more adults first. I thought, well, we got to reach the kids and, and educate them about it, and we do. We've got to get them excited, but that starts by getting more adults um, starting just a club at their local high school and, mm-hmm. and putting their hand up to volunteer to be a coach and uh, take on that responsibility. Yeah. That's really where it's going to start. And so I can get kids excited today, but if there's no program and no coaches for them to to uh, gravitate towards, then they'll kind of be lost yeah. to the wind. So yep. we, we're figuring out the structure, if you will. And Nike has been really instrumental in, in helping us figure that out and uh, guiding us on how to start this process so well that uh, that and you know we we do it one bite at a time yeah. i mean you know we, like we said earlier there were 34 riders in the first dirty kansas this year there'll be almost 2700 so you know if we can get 34 riders in a high school event this year that that's a win yeah, absolutely. and next yeah. year it'll be 50 and the year after that it'll be 100 and uh, but you do it one one bite at a time yeah, yeah. it's just with the it, you know, for a high schooler, 30 miles of this, it can be intimidating. So unless they have that constant, you know, that's just what they do every day through yeah. practice or whatever, that's a that's a big hurdle. Sure. I mean, I, if I think back when I was 15 or 16, you know, I was pretty ambitious. Like, I would just do things not, you know, but I can see how it would be. It's not your normal thing. It's not your, it's a tough, it's a tough sell. Yeah, you know, I think, though, to me, that's, uh, it is intimidating, and that's also why it's the most rewarding, because how many kids can make the uh, football team or basketball team yeah, at any local high school? You know, you're talking 40, mm-hmm. around 40 kids or so. Um, with cycling, um, there's no making the squad. If you want to be out for cycling, you just need a bike and a pair of shoes and yeah. a helmet, and you can be out for cycling. Yeah. And so I think it's going to be super inclusive. Um, it might be intimidating the distance and, and just never being on a bike before, but that's easily overcome. Yeah, that was my point. Yeah. Is, I mean, that's just to get over that exactly. hurdle and realize, like, I can't yeah. do this. And you know cycling. You know why we're excited about cycling. It's so inclusive. Being out here at Sea Otter, everyone's a family. Every It's so much fun. At Dirty Kanza, everyone is celebrated from the first finisher to the last. And... Um, I think that's going to really speak to a lot of kids who aren't finding a place in athletics or in other clubs, and cycling can be that. Even if they don't view themselves as athletic, everyone can ride a bike. Right. Um, and that's all, that, that's all that matters. You don't have to be a racer. Just come ride a bike with us. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. And this is an activity that they can. How many people are still playing football into their 30s, 40s, 50s? Yeah. Uh, but you can sure be riding a bike and maintaining a, a healthy yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, so. and you see that too with the, the kids' bikes. If you go over the, you guys were over in the kids' area, but, um, you know, the number of, it sounds crazy to be spending whatever, let's say one to $2,000 on a kid's bike. But the level that the kids, there's an entire generation. So somebody like me, you know, I've been 20 years, I'm almost 40, so getting up there but uh you know my generation could have been riding this you know mountain biking has become a big thing we could have been doing this our whole lives we have these kids now and it's different than you know your generation where you didn't have that your entire life and then your kids just see that so now you have you could go buy a two thousand dollar full suspension bike and you have eight-year-old kids rocking around here like it's just like they're just wheeling through crowds and i'm like man you guys can't even their legs are so skinny i can't even you don't know yeah. how they could pedal but it's just a different world with the, the kids thing. i just just looking at these kids i'm just jealous i'm like man why was i not doing that when i was eight years old like, well i know, think so what we've got to ask ourselves and, and i'm brand new to this parenting thing but i'm i'm constantly thinking now 
the decisions I make are about what world do I want her to have when she's my age? You know, what yeah. life do I want for her? You're getting old. I know, right? Is that what happens? <laughs> yes, it does. Um, so, it's so, good, though. It, makes yeah. you, it gives you a good perspective on it. So, yeah, I want, a, I want a world where she sees her father commuting to work by bicycle because I, I'm not going to, uh, you know, beat her over the head with environmentalism, but that's the root of why I want to do that because I want the world to be healthy, I want to be healthy, and I want her to live that same lifestyle. And all it takes is... Showing her that's what I do. This is what yeah. we do. You know she's going to hate you for about 10 years, and then she's yeah. going to finally come around and realize you were right. <laughs> that's just how it works. I'll take it if she ends up coming around. I have two grown sons, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I can remember uh, being the wisest man in the world, and then I transitioned into the <laughs> dumbest son of a gun that ever walked the face of the planet. Yep. And uh, now I think they'd both tell you that uh, I'm – probably know a thing or two yeah, so it, but yeah. the, it's a natural transition yeah, yeah absolutely it's uh but yeah so it's i mean back to your point of we have an entire gender it wasn't like that before right and now it is yeah so i don't know how i was trying to connect that to the race but i mean it takes yeah. it's a long process is my point and yeah it's for good sure that you even have just to get those people signed up this year for the kids one you won yeah. You know? Well, thank you, because that's how we feel about it. Um, we thought more would come, and for maybe half a second, I, I started to get a little discouraged. <laughs> yeah. And then we had discussion yeah. like, no, this is this is how it begins, and yeah. we're stoked for that. And yeah. we're committed to the mission. Uh, you know, if you know us, we're this isn't something we're going to throw out there and say, oh, we had 15 kids, and we're done with that. I mean, we're committed to this. We're going to see a Kansas State High School Cycling League. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many years it will take. I'm not going to put a prediction <laughs> yeah. on that. But uh, I think in three to five years, we'll see – yeah. Something like that really taking shape. Yeah, so that's fantastic. All right, so you have a uh, you have all these things going on. I don't know how many guys, how many people do you have on your team. Uh, so there are work, there are four co-owners of Dirty Cans okay. Promotions: myself okay. and Leland, and then uh, uh, the husband and wife team of Tim and Christy Moan. Okay, yeah. and that's you guys are the full time people, and that's, that's uh, actually Leland, Leland and yeah. I are the only two that work the okay. business full-time so how do you yeah. manage you have all these different yeah. things yeah. going on it's not enough is the real yeah. answer to that question how much staff not <laughs> yeah. enough we could use some more enough. yeah I mean, none of us have yeah. I mean, well and then on top of that we then we also have a retail store and that's mm -hmm. where tim comes in he's yep. our director of retail operations yep. and so he's over there mm -hmm. across the street managing gravel city adventure and supply <laughs> company and then uh christy uh has her own full-time gig she has uh uh, the principal owner of our, the largest real estate firm in Emporia, yeah. but then she also works uh, about 20 hours a week on dirty Kansas. Okay. So, uh, uh, yeah, we're taking over Emporia. Well, it, uh, <laughs> selling the real estate, you got the story. It, it uh, yeah, it, uh, it takes a lot and, uh, and it, we uh, we feel a little overwhelmed at times, but, uh, uh Emporia, the, the community of Emporia just, uh, supports us in ways that, uh, is hard to describe. And, uh, uh, they've been great, and uh, yeah, we we feel real blessed. Yeah, you asked how we do it. It's it's passion and sacrifice, you know. And I say that because I genuinely want more people doing what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm about to embark on a tour after DK this year, where I'm going to be out there passionately giving a plea for people to join the cause, to raise yeah. their hand to be a coach, to to be involved in some degree with what we're doing. Yeah. And um, you're just traveling to get away from the. The kid for a little bit. You need, <laughs> you need some sleep. Well, we'll be starting locally, so I don't think yeah, I'll be doing okay, many okay. overnight trips. But um, 
Yeah, coming out here, I've been getting some great sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even notice if Jim's snoring, so <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, I mean, we've we've got a passion for this, and we've sacrificed a lot, and our families have sacrificed a lot. And I don't want to give anyone the impression that this has been easy. It's a labor yeah. of love. Yeah. Um, but we we love it so much that we want to inspire others to do it with us because in order for us to get even next level from where we are today, we're going to need more and more people filling roles um, right. in different capacities to uh, see this shared vision come come to fruition. Right. What's the talk about the women's initiative? Because last year, you, was it last year or two years ago? You really. Uh, kick that off and last year we started this campaign of 200 women riding 200 miles um back up a year previous to that and 2016 we had 95 women okay. uh in our 200 mile event okay so for 2017 uh we started an, an initiative to get 200 women okay. riding to 200 miles that got a lot of, i saw a lot that shared all over the it, place. it so did yeah but when we started that initiative we truly thought that was at minimum a two-year if not a three-year uh, program to to get from 95 to mm-hmm. 200 uh we filled it we reached the 200 goal okay. that that year in one hour uh, in, in and one actually hour. one hour of yeah, registration yeah so we were extremely pleased with push. that yeah you know, they were just exactly the fence. yeah cool. yeah and uh so then going into uh 2018 yeah. uh we wanted to uh continue uh our our efforts to uh, promote women in cycling but we mm-hmm. we've redirected the focus from uh, women on the bike uh, to women off the bike and I'll let Leland take it from there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and Cri- Jeff, can you grab a picture of us when you have a chance? Maybe. Okay. If if you can, good. If not, yeah. So that's really where Christy Moan comes in, and uh, obviously, being a, a female in the cycling industry, this is she's the right person to lead that charge. But um, the focus has been on. We've reached out to not only our sponsors, but anyone uh, who's coming to exhibit this year in our expo, and we put the challenge to them: bring your female. Uh, staff, bring your, your marketing directors, bring your engineers, bring your, um, mechanics, bring the gals out and show women that we did it first on the bike and showed that women could be out there riding. And now we want to do within the industry to show that, uh, women have a place in this and that more importantly that we support that. And, uh, we want to see more women, uh, in the industry. So what do you think? So I, you know, from a mountain bike radio perspective, I dig through the stats and I talk to people and I, you know, at the end of the day, we're talking 10% women, 90%. If I look at the stats, it's like 85 to 90% guys and, you know, opposite women. But then you look around at the riding groups, they're going to have the Ergon booth. When is that, Jeff? The, the saddle thing with all the women? Is that tomorrow? Oh, that's today? Okay, so today's the road one, tomorrow's the mountain bike. But so you have these big groups of women doing this stuff. What's the hurdle from them? Was it just you pushing it like that, or like, no? I think why it's are they on the fence to doing. It's exactly that what that? we talked about with the children. It has not been a normal part of women's lives. I think you know when you look at how things are marketed, how things are conveyed. Cycling was not an activity that was pushed towards girls, yeah. and so I think they never have really viewed it as um, this lifestyle that they could be pursuing as well. Yeah. You think about, you know, okay, I've got a new child at home and it's very, very typical for mom to stay at home. Um, which makes a lot of sense. And dad has some free time to go get his training in and go ride and do these things. And that's the normal life. Um, but what we're trying to say and what we're trying to show is that, Hey dad, guess what? 
uh, your wife, you know, mom is a she's, person. She's got yeah, some goals like too, real, and maybe yeah. she wants to go achieve she's, something. So guess yeah. what? Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or your days to go play, and Tuesday, Thursday, yeah. Sunday, or whatever. You know, and you you create this schedule and this balance where you're um, not only encouraging that stage stage one, saying, yeah, you know, I love Dirty Kansas because when I crossed that finish line, it changed my life. Yeah. Like I realized I could do so much more and I, I would love for you to have that experience if you're interested in it, whether it's dirty cans or any other type of challenge like that. So then once they're inspired, then it's about supporting them and uh, giving them the same opportunities that we take for granted as men often, I think. So yeah. um, creating that new normal for them to where cycling is a normal part of mm-hmm. their life. I see it. So I'm in a bull hunt and in that world of thing, you're talking the hunting industry, fishing industry is huge, like bigger than cycling probably yeah. ever will be at this point but the uh that's happened the same in both hunting and fishing world i don't i don't know what started it if they like pushed it or if it was an organic thing but it's the same thing so now it's a normal thing for when you talk about hunting for example or bow hunting whatever it is whatever kind of hunting it is like it's not just assumed that it's guys like the industry is right. has keyed in on that whether it's for money or not you know it's probably to grow the industry which is I mean, it's a good thing because at the end of the day, everybody gets a fair shot at it. Some people will complain that it's just for the money. Well, yeah, you have to yeah. sustain a business to make it go, um, which you guys deal with, I'm sure, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we all deal with that. It's part, like, it's part of the so game. Why is so much money? This is crap. Uh, but anyhow, so it's it's happening there, too, and I see it a ton on that side of things. So to see it in the cycling yeah. world, it's a very similar discussion. Yeah. It's actually very, very similar You know, right. from... Everything from business-wise to social media to just activity. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's just it, the function of just, like, saying yeah. something. It'll, the people come out of the woodwork of, like, yeah. You know? Right. And like I said, it's, it's really at the core. It's a simple conversation. It's not about painting bikes pink and calling yeah, it a women's bike. It's, it's so stupid. Yeah. It's about like, saying, look, this has been a part of my life. Right, You're exactly. a part of my life. I want not only you, but our children, our family to have this lifestyle that is yeah. healthy, good for the environment, um, a welcoming environment. I mean, we always talk about this community being a family, but um, bring the whole family then. Right. Make it a true family deal and yeah, get the whole the, family involved. And this is, this is really like that. And yeah. You know, with the painting of the thing pink, I just say it's bullshit because I, my, my mom, uh, I was, she was a single mom for most of our lives. And for her, she's a tomboy, like sports, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's like, if you would have showed her that when we were kids, like, oh, this blue and pink and all this stuff, she was just like, you kidding me? Like, just give me a bike and she'll ride the guys and yeah. stuff. So, so in my entire life was like. You know, from that perspective, it's like, why do they do that? It's stupid. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm all for so, pink. I know. I would I know, rock I would good. rock like the, the crap out of a pink bike. And pink is, huh. you know, favorite color. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, she also likes to ride the boy stuff, too. Right. Like it's so, yeah, that's what I mean. It's more than that. It's about creating a new normal for, for both our youth, for our women, uh, for anyone that's not already riding a bike, uh, making riding bikes a normalcy in our yeah. culture. Yeah. So what's the future then? Is it, is the goal to have? I mean, you're going to have how many women do you have signed up this year? Do you know? Two hundred and fifty about. Okay. So that's about twenty five percent of the field. So we were two hundred, which was twenty percent last year, and we've grown even more um, without the focus on the ride itself. It grew naturally another five percent. 
Um, stoked for that. You know, kind of in my mind, I'd love to see that rider number up to around 33% towards one in three female participation. Which is way above. It'd be astronomical. Average. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's Especially cool. uh, in an event on gravel off-road and of that distance. Yeah. Um, again, two years ago, we were at 9.5% female participation. So that's phenomenal growth. Right. Yeah, and I think we still got room to go. So I have a question. This is completely unrelated to... Uh, the women aspect but i i just walking around here it's all it's all mountain bikes and gravel there's not any road bikes and you know you said just it, it's very similar to me in getting the people to push you know the women you just say something and now you've you've tipped the scale and i think we've hit that with just the danger of roads and it, it's perfect storm it's like it's like dirty kansas perfect storm in emporia i think the gravel scene has been a perfect storm in cars and off-road mountain bikes have grown tremendously i mean it's like we're this is the heyday of mountain bikes as far as i'm concerned so i think the gravel world is perfect storm but i'm not sure if it's like i feel like the dirty kanza has been more of a a pushing factor than a result of it like you guys have done a great job fostering that entire thing and making it a spot for people to because of your event, people go to other events to train for it or to like work up to it and different things. So you've driven the entire world of gravel rides and kind of stuff like that. So what, I mean, what are we talking about for just gravel five years? Are road bikes just going to be completely, I was telling Guitar Ted last night, like, dude, road bikes are dead. Like if you walk around here, there's, I mean, Ergot, we have, Jeff's got it because he was riding around the hills, but I mean, there's, there's very little. I mean, road bikes, yeah. are, what are we talking, you know, a couple of years from now? Is it just, is it all, is there even road uh, I, You know, I don't know the answer to that, obviously. And I'll, I'll say that I enjoy bikes in general. Um, we don't ride pavement because we don't have it. Yeah. So it's not as if we're anti-road bike. It's just so convenient to ride gravel and a little bit more fun. You don't have the traffic. It's what we have. Um, there's, you know, there's no cars out there. So it, it's not as if there was an anti-road movement. It's just what we had. And it, it ended up being more attractive. Yeah, it's just very organic. Yeah. So, been- yeah, but really what I see, you know, if you're asking about, you know, kind of where we'd like to see some things go, we want to see bike packing continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and gravel bike packing, yeah. you know, you go to bikepacking.com and you're going to see a lot of routes and they're in yeah. the mountains. Mm-hmm. And if you, there's this still to this day, there's a big old hole in their map and there's no routes throughout the Midwest yeah. and gravel bike packing, um, is the most accessible and easy way for folks to get introduced to multi-day adventure rides of that nature because the terrain is a, um, uh, not as technical as single track. Um, it, the riding isn't as difficult as climbing a mountain, you know. I mean, it brings its own challenges. It's not easy but by any means. But um, you've got a town roughly every 10 to 20 miles. So you, it, logistically speaking, gravel bike packing um, should be poised to see a pretty healthy growth in the next five years. Yeah. Um, because I think people are going to be looking. You know, the XL is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. 200 is now the normal. That's yeah, normalcy. That, isn't that crazy? It's yeah. wild. But yeah. so now the question is, is okay. How do we stretch this out over a few days? How do we go longer, farther, faster? And, and overnight bike packing trips are going to be on gravel, I think, are going to be something that we're going to be um, encouraging to great to great extent. Okay. So I have a question for you, Jim. You've been around this for, was it 13 years, you said? Well, Dirty Kansas has been... Uh, thir- is now 13 years okay. old. Been I've, I've been around uh, cycling since yeah. Uh, 85. Yeah, so as a race director, though, how mm-hmm. do you 
I don't want to turn this all negative all the time, but, yeah. you know, like back to the, the fees and things, because I put yeah. on my own events. I put on mm-hmm. some trail runs, a fat bike race. Like, I've done several over the last several years, nothing to even 5% of your scale. Uh, but how do you deal with some of the stuff from a customer uh, service perspective? We were talking about yesterday. I don't want to dig into details, but, yeah. I mean, there's always a constant argument of, like, why is it so much money? And, you know, yeah. we have a thread on the forum. To be fair, I mean, people are on there talking about why why am I going to pay so much money to this? And it's all the negative people. Right. And then somebody, you know, for every negative person, there's, like, one in ten that are positive. So somebody's jumping on there and says, well, don't do it. I mean, it's the best experience right. of my life. I'll pay that amount of money because I go there and I, like, it's great. Yeah. And then you have all these people. How do you deal with somebody that comes to you and says, hey, you know what? This isn't cool anymore. Like, what? What do you say to them? Well, as far as how do we deal with it, we deal we deal with it because, uh, like Leland alluded to earlier, we we do what we do out of passion, yeah. and we we truly believe. This is a good answer. This is what we, I, ho- I was hoping you'd say. So. <laughs> we we truly believe in what we're doing and 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 why we're doing it, um, and and we feel that there's there's room for the free event and there's room for the event uh, that has a, an entry fee associated with it yep. and um, it, it all uh, gels together to create a, a, an amazing industry and an amazing community yep. and uh, and there's a place for all for all of that uh, at the end of the day the consumer is going to decide uh, if uh, dirty Kansa or any event is relevant or not and um, I think the numbers clearly indicate that that we're we're providing something uh, of that's of interest to people. Uh, Just go look uh, at the transfer. Well, you know, for our, yeah. our we, you know, we we I'll had we, we had to go to a lottery uh, yeah. just to be able to to uh, provide a fair and equitable registration process because of the demand. Um, uh, we had twenty two hundred spots to fill. And there was over 3,700 people in our lottery. So, I, I mean, how, how do you how do you say that uh, that there's something wrong with the, the product I, that we're offering? I'm so, right there with you. I just it, yeah. it's funny to me because you're dealing with consumer who has a choice to do it or not, and they can they choose to like do it and then they complain about it, or they choose not to do it and they complain about it. And I just I don't. I can't wrap my head around how that all. Well, look, everyone's entitled to their opinion, granted. But you know, I kind of wish every time we're asked to spend money or, or we're thinking about spending money, we've got a value proposition to debate on. You know, why you want that eight thousand dollar bike, but you don't have the money for it? Well, why do you want that eight thousand dollar bike? Because it has all the bells and whistles, right? If it's too much money for you, you don't have the budget for it. For it, well, it doesn't mean it's a terrible product. You right. just—it's not You're within not your budget. Right. The value proposition isn't there for you truly, or you'd find out a way to save up that money and get it. Dirty cans is no different, just on a smaller scale. And if the value proposition in there for you—you've been there and done that five times, and, and you don't need that experience again. No problem. Mm-hmm. Go pursue something different if you need to, or come check out the XL in 2019 when it, we open it up and try something different yeah. and new. You know, so uh, we strive very hard. We work very hard to make the value proposition worth it. And like Jim said, based on the numbers, we think we've got a great value product. But beyond all that, beyond just the experience, all the things we're talking about that Dirty Kansas does. That's why you pay that entry fee yeah. because we're we're moving and we're shaking and we're building the youth and we're pushing more women into this and. 
We love it. Well, and, 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 we're, and, we're, and we're supporting our community. Like, you got your, like... Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we uh, like be, because of, of the way that our uh, riders support us, mm-hmm. we're able to support other people. There's, there's charitable organizations that wouldn't exist today if it weren't for Dirty Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a scholarship program at Emporia State University uh, that we wouldn't be able to do without the support of our participants. Uh, there's an uh, untold number of charities that we support uh, through, throughout our community and beyond that, that we're able to do um, because of the support that we get from, from our participants. So 70% uh, of our budget is spent locally in Emporia, Kansas. I mean, if a, and that's maybe a story we need to do a better job of telling of all the things it's, but when you stop and think $200 and not only am I going to get a life changing experience, but all of these ancillary things that you don't really think is tangible that are phenomenal. I want to support that mm-hmm. every single day. Are you kidding me? Man. Sign me up. I'll pay the price because, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't sound like a canned sales pitch because that's no, it, the passion. I, I just say that because we it's like love you this. have We are changing our this. home. We're yeah. changing cycling. We're mm-hmm. changing gravel. And it's amazing. And yeah. um, you're being a part of that when you participate in these things. You're a part of that family. You are, you're in. You're in the club. Yeah. And it's an amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah, you've obviously... I, I said sales pitch, but you've obviously thought this through in your head several times and said it several yeah. times, so it's, it comes across as very good. There's been an untold number of nights uh, laying, a, yeah. laying awake, staring at the ceiling for hours on end, yeah. uh, just trying to make sure that uh, what we're doing is, is uh, in t- you know the right yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, when someone does say it's, it's you know that Dirty Kansas has gotten too crazy and it costs too much, we take that to heart and we analyze that and we, we ask those questions because mm-hmm. we want to be true to ourselves and true to our customers. Mm-hmm. And so um, someone today still may think it's too much and that's fine, but yeah. we, think it's, we think it's fair. We think it's very fair. Yeah, I, th- I think you deal with that a lot in any business of your own. Is, you know, it, uh, it's like having a kid. It changes your yeah. perspective and makes it really think about what is this the right thing to do constantly every minute yeah. right and sometimes you with you with the kid you know with the kid initiative it's like man did I, is this like <laughs> shit is this the right thing to do right now right well and what's exciting is dirty kansas is not the only choice out there right and i don't mind saying that dirty kansas should be on everyone's experience list but um there are so many choices out there you can ride gravel and you know because you have a calendar on your yeah. website ridinggravel.com. there is one every weekend of the year yeah. there's three every weekend of the year in any region of the country and so um you've got choices go experience it somewhere and uh when you're ready and and willing definitely come cross dirty cans off the list and come back again and again if you want it's amazing experience um but yeah the choices and where gravel's at today and where it's going it's just exciting um you've got the choice of do i want the entry level bike or the eight thousand dollar uh aero 3t gravel rig and that's fantastic Mm -hmm. don't bag on it it's cool yeah ride ride a bike ride it on gravel come join us we don't care yeah uh, let's we're gonna we're gonna have to start wrapping this up because uh, Jeff's gonna they have a clinic going on here. But uh, I want to finish off by just talking about you, you said about getting all the families there. Uh, families there. I want you to give some inside knowledge. Where they eat, where they stay, like what do they do when they're there? What is the what do you do off the bike that uh, people should stop by? 
Well, uh, let's address lodging first because that's kind of a tough one. Um, there's camping, there's tent camping and RV camping at the local fairgrounds within city limits. Um, Can Christie like make buy a hotel yeah, or something? Like, yeah, that, make that happen. So, so that option is available. Um, there are the last I looked, there were some Airbnbs available, which I think is a really attractive option, and that's mm-hmm. something we're really working with the folks of Emporia from. Again, Emporia was never a travel destination, so we didn't have Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that people did because yeah, there was no market it, what, for it. Airbnb, yeah. internet barely. Yeah, <laughs> so so more of those are coming online all the time. I would encourage those folks. Hotels are pretty well booked out. So if you want a hotel accommodation, you're going to be looking at an outlying community like an Ottawa or Topeka, which is a 40-minute drive in into Emporia, which is not bad. It's very doable. Um, so that's how people, that's where they can stay. Um there's plenty of eating. I mean, great downtown restaurants. We've got our own breweries and barbecue shops that have been on um, national TV. I mean, we've got some great eateries, um, plenty yeah, of places to town. eat. There's a yeah. lot of little yeah. things going on. Um, yeah. You can find a burrito on about every other block. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. So um, that's all wonderful. But um, this expo that we were talking about when we kind of kicked that off, that's why we're here at Sea Otter. And um, it's going to be amazing. There'll be a food garden in there vendors, um, demo rides. Uh, it's going to be much, much smaller than Sea Otter, but that same type of experiential feel. Um, it's not just a platform to showcase products. Yeah, that's what you're doing there, but those vendors want to give people an experience with their product. And so yeah. it's going to be a lot of a fun. So I would really encourage bike-wise, people. Uh, salsa, who are the bikes? Oh, yeah, Jim. Oh, gosh. You know this better I, than I, I hate I'm. to start listening because I know I'm going to leave somebody out. But obviously, Salsa Cycles would be there. They, they are the, the uh, Dirty Cans of yeah. Bike and Frame sponsor. Uh, but uh, we, we have a Trek will have a booth at our expo. A specialized will be there. Uh, Y-Cycles, uh, Lightspeed, uh, Linsky, uh, Cannondale, uh, and I... I sure there's a few others yeah. and, and i know yeah. that i'm going to miss and a few. Bikes, people can try but, out. Yeah. yeah we've yeah. actually got Not that list field. on our website so yes. folks can see yes. yes. yeah yeah so uh, yeah go to dirtykansa.com and click uh, hover over the expo tab and and there, there's a list of uh, everyone that's going to be okay. uh, yeah. having a booth there at the expo okay. yeah. so it's a good opportunity i mean you want to check out the journeyman or the checkpoint exactly. or whatever this new we can't. We were talking beforehand. You can't keep up with what's new sure. at this point. Right, right. Uh, and that's yeah, why you got to come to the DK Expo. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You got to yeah. see what's what's latest. Well, and it, it's it's why we call it the All Things Gravel Expo. Yeah. So there'll every, be new products yeah. launched. Um, yeah. A handful of new products will be unveiled at uh, Dirty Kansas yeah. Expo. Yeah, that's, that's a compliment to you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Ma- uh, I I hope they don't mind me saying this. Maxxis Tires will unveil a, a brand new gravel tire at oh, Dirty Kansas this year. Yeah, so. Be sure to stop by the Maxis booth and sure. uh, and check that out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, any closing thoughts? Anything you want to leave with people? Oh goodness! Final. This is your final sales pitch. Here, so. <laughs> you've done a pretty good job. Well, I think it's uh, you know if if this hasn't been on your radar before, and I, I want to speak to the non-riders because we're full up on riders. Mm-hmm. Uh, transfers are done. Mm-hmm. That that roster is set. So um, consider coming and exploring Emporia that weekend and DK weekend because it's, it is truly more than just a race on Saturday. There's so much happening from Thursday uh, through Sunday. You know, Friday all day long, we've got um, activities going on in the Gra- Granada Theater. We have uh, round tables. We'll have another women's round table, um, a youth panel um, with some folks from NICA and some kid high school racers up there mm-hmm. talking. All of that's live stream. So even if you can't get to Emporia, tune in live. Um, just tune in that weekend. Tune in to Dirty Kansas because we're doing some amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah. 
Any closing yeah. thoughts for you, Jim? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Emporia, Kansas is surrounded by a network of amazing gravel roads, uh, and that's what we uh, showcase uh, Dirty Kansas Weekend. Uh, but guess what, folks? Uh, those roads don't go away. They're there every weekend uh, of the year. So uh, go to DirtyKansasPromotions.com. Uh, check out our routes uh, page. And... Uh, Come uh, come see us uh, anytime during the year uh, at Gravel City Adventure and Supply Company. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, it's a mandatory and, stop. People, yeah, to, yeah, come in and see Adam too. and Tim there at the store, and they can uh, uh, guide you to some amazing routes. And uh, just come and enjoy uh, and see what Emporia has to offer. Uh, Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the time. It's been, I took an hour of your time. Uh, Wonderful. Uh, it felt like it 10 feel minutes. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much. I appreciate Thanks, it. And uh, good luck with everything. Thank you, Ben. Thank you.